this zone of genius, it's it's your sweet spot, right? Where you're just, you wake up every Monday morning, you're like, I get to do this versus, oh, I have to, I have to drug through all this admin work and do all of this because you don't have to. There's a way to, to just operate in your zone of genius. I'd say 80% of the time, at least. So today we're talking to Molly Rose Speed. She is an expert in creating what everyone wants more of, time freedom, that finite resource that we're all so desperate to cling onto and do more with to have a better quality life. She's the creator of a virtual assistant academy and the founder of Virtual Assistant Management, which provides trusted VA certification and placement in the online business world. Molly Rose is an awarded military spouse and solo world traveler who believes in creating a business and a life that allows you to do more of what you love. So her purpose, her passion completely resonates with us here on the podcast. So thank you, Molly, for joining us. Thank you, Sue. I'm so happy to be here. This is just so exciting to be chatting with you. We were just talking, weren't we, about what got us started, what our passion and purpose was, and we just gelled on such a level. So tell our listeners, what is your purpose? What is your why to doing this? Yes. So my why is to help women not be stuck where they are, whether that's in corporate America, a stay-at-home mom, a military spouse that's has a deployed husband all of the time, someone that wants to travel the world but can't due to limitations, be able to create that freedom for themselves in this work remote career and, and just be really fulfilled and, and have this freedom to work whenever they want. And on the flip side, help amazing, mostly female entrepreneurs be placed with these beautiful virtual assistants. And the success stories that I have out of this are just incredible to see it all work and this whole community be birthed out of something I didn't even know I could do. So I'm just very, very proud of where I am today and and being able to do this. And I think you should be because that, that coming together of being able to empower women and people to be VAs and then the empowerment side of giving business owners the opportunity to 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 use their time more wisely doing their business, doing the thing that they do. So probably just for our listeners who are still at the beginning of their business journey, my husband said this to me earlier on, actually, what is a VA? Yes, what is a VA? I answer this question a lot and it's quite broad. If you ask Depending on who you ask, some people think virtual assistants end up building websites and online courses, which some do. Some people think that they're general admins. My personal definition of a virtual assistant is that executive assistant that used to sit in an office building and run a CEO's schedule, right? Every part of the business runs through that assistant. And those are the virtual assistants that I certify and train that high-level virtual assistant that can handle a a busy schedule, uh, customer support, professionally engage with customers and clients, help with onboarding, travel booking, you know, all the details of a busy business owner and a busy business. And of course, they can expand and grow into those bigger roles or or more advanced uh, technical skills. Uh, But that's, that's my definition of a virtual assistant. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. And and I was trying to do a little list earlier on. I was thinking email, I was thinking doing some admin on the blog, all the, all the shifting yeah. around of, of information and things and content files and stuff. So I, I run a podcast like yourself, like, like you're on, in fact. And mm-hmm. um, what you'll know is, is that 
when you've done your recordings, there's all this admin that involves saving it down for your editor and then uploading it and adding all the details onto your content mm-hmm. blog and plan. And, you know, I just sort of think, actually, that's the kind of thing that I'm spending too much time faffing around with. And I add it to my to-do list and I'll I'll save it until Sunday night because, to be honest, right. I don't want to be doing it. It's not a good use of my time. I just know it's a necessary evil. I just want to literally do these interviews the file just automatically records and somebody else deals with these Zoom recordings. Absolutely. Uh, would you say that's something that a VA would do? That's a great example. And, and the term that keeps coming to my mind as you're saying this, they, they help you not drop the ball. It's like you you do what you do great and then they are able to do what they do great, these type A personalities, and they got the file right where it's supposed to be and they can do their magic and watch that be produced and be a part of that process. Absolutely. Now, I, I noticed on your on your information, it says free up 10 to 15 hours. And I definitely know I spend 10 to 15 hours doing, like you say, all the glue work, all the, the administration, the stuff that means I don't drop the ball. But what would you say to somebody who's perhaps thinking, how do I know when I need a VA, when I should invest in one? How, how do I know when I'm there? Yes. So... I want to start this by saying, you know, we all started our business. If you're a business owner listening with a specific reason in mind, a service, a solution we wanted to put out in the world or help people with to mostly help others do something X, Y, Z. And along the way, we ended up wearing 27 hats. We do our bookkeeping, our email, our pricing, our website, our branding, our social media, our podcasting, all of it. I can go on and on all afternoon talking about this. Uh, and, And there comes a time where you start hating your business and you're like, why am I, what am I doing? And I chose to do this. That's the, the crazy part of it. We are choosing this. And so I think there's a, a level of either burnout or frustration and resentment you have towards your business where you need a gut check and go, okay, it's time to reassess this. Um, then there's also just where your your time value becomes way more valuable than it did at the beginning. Things are starting to scale and take off and you're really starting to earn that income that affords you the opportunity to offload a lot of those extra things. And then the third bucket I would say is your personal life. If you're sacrificing so much of your personal life, you know, your kids soccer games or dance practice or that important vacation where you're not present anymore, that's also another time where you need to start assessing and, and get some help because it's just a matter of time before it'll all stop working, whether that's your personal life or your professional life. Yeah, I can understand that. And and I think of it, you know, when I started to decide what to outsource in my business, I actually started with the the, the revenue generating items. So I use freelancers to help me with web builds, to help me with email mm-hmm. marketing builds and funnels and things. But I guess the next step to that is we're generating enough revenue Right. Let's let's offload some of this extra admin so that the the, the other skills can be doing what their zone of genius is. I've heard you talk about this yep. the zone of genius, and I want to just actually touch on that. What is the zone of genius for somebody in your in your view? So Dan Sullivan, he's the founder of Strategic Coach, which which is a, a major platform, and he has a wonderful program. He he came out with this principle of outsourcing, where you assess what you. D- do every day. And then you just you decide what bucket it goes into. And the top bucket is your unique ability or your zone of genius. This is where you are des- like destined to be, where you are your best self. You are most likely generating revenue or producing a result for someone that is only you can do it and you love to do it. And that's what I call your zone of genius, where you should be operating. And then from there, it goes down to what you're excellent at, but 
probably doesn't light you up the way that you should. And then things that you're competent and incompetent at definitely need to outsource those things first. Um, but this zone of genius, it's its your sweet spot, right? Where you're just, you wake up every Monday morning, you're like, I get to do this versus, oh, I have to, I have to drug through all this admin work and do all of this because you don't have to. There's a way to to just operate in your zone of genius. I'd say 80% of the time, at least. Yeah. Like chasing invoice payments, yeah. going to your email box, replying to people oh, who ask you for some more of your time. Email management yes. is probably high up on most people's lists, I would imagine. Yes. That's my number one uh, first thing I want people to, to take a look at <laughs> your inbox. So what if you're somebody, well, okay. So I've, I've, been a leader before and had and then you know I've sort of been promoted and then had a team and one yeah. of the things I found when I did that back in my corporate job is that I would cling on to the daily tasks like nobody could do it better than I could and that that was my reason for getting burnout because rather than stepping away from that and letting other people take the reins I still wanted in on that now what would you say to people who also struggle with accepting that somebody's going to do it their way? It might not yeah. be the way you do it and you've got to delegate and just be okay with that. Yeah. So these are our controllers out there. I'm raising my hand. I have I have this too. Um, and being able to effectively delegate is is so important to a leader, a business manager. You're running your own business and you have, other than coming in there and doing a bunch of mindset work with you, you have to wake up and say, I got to let this go. And to your point, it doesn't matter how they do it, just as long as it gets done to your expectations and the, making sure those are very clear, um, but give them the autonomy. And they'll probably, especially admins, if you're not generally one yourself, will probably do it better and faster than you because they're more efficient. And this is their zone of genius, right? Believe it or not, there are admins out there that thrive in the admin work when a lot of us could be like, who does that? But I've, I was that person for a long time. So I, I think you have to trust that there are other people out there that can do things better than you, even if it's been your baby for 10 years. <laughs> and that's probably why in my business, my approach has definitely been to outsource the things I'm not good at, my weaknesses first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When in, yeah. In reality, I think that's good. You know, the things you're, I would say, incompetent or competent at, but you shouldn't really be doing, or they take a lot of your time. Um, but also looking at the things that you really shouldn't be doing, even though you're really good at them, I think is very, very important. That's really sound advice. So, so let's say you know people are listening and thinking, yeah, I would like ten hours of support time or whatever, but they're they're scratching around thinking what what should i hand over how would you how do you go through a process of assessing what what that's on my plate or or some of our listeners plates should we be handing over to a va yeah so this is it might sound simple to some but it's effective and i encourage everyone to do this and do it multiple times throughout your business journey um but if you're side hustling your business, you might want to do this for a month. If you're full-time at your business, do this for a couple of weeks and write down everything that you do. I mean, everything from I write the blog to I get the blog image and I put it in the WordPress to I call my mom, I have a client meeting, I order my kids tutu, I, everything you do in a day. This is all very important. And then uh, come back to that list and circle only the things that you physically need 
to do. So if you're the the coach for your business, let's say, or the consultant for your business and you provide the service, you probably need to be the one on those calls. But could uh, a really savvy executive assistant onboard that client and welcome them and make sure that they know how to use Zoom and their calendar is all set? Absolutely. Those are things that they could do. Or could they upload the blog after you... um, write it or even a step further, could you document what you want the blog to be and they outsource it for you to get written and then take it and run? I mean, there are so many steps that go into everything that we do. Um, So take a really realistic look at what you actually need to do. And the rest of it needs to start being prioritized for what you outsource. And we've talked about some ways to do that, whether it's stuff that you really don't want to be doing or things that are just taking a lot of your time, like your email. Um, and, And That'll create your your dream list of what you can start outsourcing and start with five things and get your feet wet or three things, depending upon what they are. Yeah, that sounds really, yeah. I'm already thinking out loud at all the things that I could stick on that list. Okay. <laughs> sure, our listeners are like, yes, I can't wait to get rid of this. I can't wait to get rid of this. I remember talking to a few of our masterminders and they were all saying, you know, when I get to this point, I'm going to invest yeah. on somebody who does my social media or who does this or does whatever. So yeah, I think we're all probably all getting that in our minds already. And the important key there, because I hear that a lot, when I get to this, and I do that myself, mm. but very, very often do we actually follow through on that. It's like, okay, when I sell this amount of services and this is my revenue, I'm going to treat myself to a massage or a trip to London. Rarely do we do that. And the same thing happens when it's, okay, when I hit this point, I'm going to outsource the stuff. It's it's more than that. I think it's more of a control thing where it's like, oh, I can't let it go or what's going to happen? Something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I believe there's, a, yeah, you're right. There's definitely a control thing going on. I believe there's also an element of risk associated with now I'm going to pay for something, Yes, commit to it. So, you know, I, I'm not sure I can. Uh, but then also at the same time, by hanging on to it, you're not going to grow. You're never going to be able to do more or even have more time that you can enjoy mm-hmm. the life that you've set up and let it roll. And when is ever enough? Somebody said to me, you know, how much is enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And a whole, you could do a whole show on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that, that no, that's really sound advice. Really sound advice. So your VAs are certified, and I want to get I want to get to. So what does certified mean? Yes. What, what are they What are they trained in? Yes. So I have uh, two uh, channels. When you come through my academy, you learn how to professionally run a business. Uh, so there's many many VAs on the market, but I want my virtual assistants that have gone through my program to come at it from a service-based, they're the expert coming to a business approach and they're very professional. So it's not only, you know, what are your services? How do you market? How do you invoice your internal operations? But also, how do you successfully send a proposal to a client? What does that look like? How do you handle discovery call? How do you onboard a client and put systems in place? And all... Every step of that is so important to not only the virtual assistant, but also the client for being organized and feeling safe with a new person coming into their into their space. Um, so that's the business side of things. And then on the other side is all the tech, which is ever-changing. 
what I knew 10 years ago is completely different and our software is, and it'll continue to change. YouTube is a very good tool. If anyone wants free tech advice, it's all there. Um, but I, I have eight buckets that I expect my virtual assistants to be trained in, and then they go off from there. So some of those things are um, serious inbox management. I mean, intense, you can take someone from 50,000 emails down to inbox zero, that type of approach and, and have a system going forward. Um, calendar and scheduling, travel booking, light bookkeeping. They aren't, you know, master bookkeepers, but they can handle expense management and invoicing and eight accounts payable and receivable. Um, let's see what else. Uh, newsletters. So if you're doing email marketing, research and doing your KPIs. So if you're running a podcast, you know, how many numbers are we getting? Are we growing? Things just reporting, things like that. Uh, basic website updating. And then uh, social media. And lastly, this is kind of the catch-all bucket, task management, which people are like, what is task management? These are those things that I was kind of talked about at the beginning, like all the little things that just happen in a business um, that an admin can take over. And more importantly, it's also how they can also manage all of those tasks. Like what do they need from the client to achieve this? And how can they stay efficient and on task? So that's also a part of it. You just reminded me of Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week book. Have you read it? Yeah, I see it behind you. <laughs> oh no, I wanted to do an episode on it, so I was like, I'm <laughs> pages. Um, I have read it. It's. I mean, obviously, it was written for a particular type of audience. It's a slightly different approach than what we're taking, but some of the the principles in there we can take away. And one of them was he said, as soon as possible, write down the steps in your processes so you can hand it over to someone else. Now, it's only when you start to do that. And yesterday, I was walking somebody through setting up their email marketing campaign. So just a lead magnet download. And it's only when you break it down into the, each individual steps, do you realize what is involved in setting that up? All the, Like, where do I put this PDF lead magnet? How does somebody get it? Well, you've got to store it somewhere. So mm-hmm. I was walking, walking some people through where to store it. And they were like, I would never have known that I had to have a Dropbox or a Google Drive. And I'm just thinking now, being able to document all of the steps in that process, I guess, goes over to task management to, hey, this person's now going to take care of it. And I've already documented everything I'm going to do because Tim Ferriss says to do it as soon as possible so I can take myself out of the business. And that that's a win-win really, isn't it? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So once you have a VA, they can certainly write the SOP for you. There's also the using Loom, if you're familiar with that, where it video records yeah, yeah. for you. It's a yeah. brilliant way to start even before you're going to hire someone. Just start recording your your processes. And then you have a training library ready for them and they'll just make it better. Very true. Very true. So uh, Molly Rose has just mentioned a tool called Loom um, where you can log onto Loom and it will record your screen and you and a little icon if you like as well. And you can talk through what you're doing while you're doing it. So it's really great for anybody who does demos or anything like that. It's a fantastic tool. I'm sure there's more out there. Um, So you've obviously created some time freedom for yourself, Molly Rose. And what I'd like to understand is is your journey. I think it'd be really good to share with our listeners what journey you went on because you started out with a job, a nine to five like the rest of us and and then made this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I did what every young woman is told to do. You got good grades in high school, went to college or university if you're overseas and uh, got good GPA, took the first 
decent paying job out of college and found myself as a financial analyst and did that for a little bit. I was like, this is very dry, but that's what you're supposed to do. I got my paycheck and my 401k if you're in the States. Uh, and then I took took a few jobs and I realized really quickly, I ended up in healthcare in as an analyst. And I realized really quickly, this was not the life that I wanted to live. And, you know, the long commutes that many of us have to endure for in an office or having to sit there from eight to five, despite having that amount of work. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone that's provoked a really interesting question. Like who came up with the 40 hour work week? Like where did that even come from? Right. Um, so at a young age, luckily I realized that I need, I deserved more out of life and this was not one that I wanted to, to do. So I quit cold Turkey which was the most terrifying thing at the time. But I had a lovely mom who said, I will always have a roof over your head and you always be fed. So what's, what could happen, right? And that never, I never had to go there. <laughs> and uh, within six months, I was uh, found myself as a contractor on a social media marketing campaign for a student loan docu- documentary to crowdfund a bunch of money. Had no idea what I was doing, but I got hired. It was a decent retainer. And I realized for the first time, someone can pay me on my own to do something of value for them. So it was this exchange where I was like, wow, this is really cool. And that just snowballed into being a virtual assistant. And I started very basic, you know, checking email and scheduling and booking travel. And it just grew into now supporting people as their outsourced COO and running backends and doing a lot of the things that we discussed. And along the way, I had several peers who were military spouses. So we lived in a world where you move around a lot. And they kept saying, how do I do what you do? How do I? And I was going to Starbucks all the time, the coffee shop and having the same conversation. And I realized that this is something that could really help people. So that is what created the Virtual Assistant Academy. And I added the certification a few years later when I realized we really need to be uh, up-leveling the virtual assistant scene and making sure that who's coming through these programs is actually suitable to be professional virtual assistants. So I, uh, by one-on-one offboard them out of the program and sign them off as being certified. And then we now have a placement agency. So that's it from nuts to bolts, but being able to do this and the life that I've had, I've traveled the world by myself when my husband's deployed and it's just, it's been cool. It's been an amazing adventure that I never could have had if I would have kept my nine to five. Wow. It sounds very courageous as well, I have to say. And you obviously did it while you were young, which is the right time to do it. You recognized it. You didn't go with the flow. You didn't sit settled or comfortable and, and, you know, put up with that. But you know what I'm thinking is when you transitioned from being a VA yourself to then training other VAs, like that's a, that's a big jump. And I'm, I'm wondering what, what, what issues might have come up for you or, or, battles or or lessons did you learn in that time? Yeah, it's funny you say that because even yesterday I had a virtual assistant that had gone through the program and I'm watching her just execute faster than anyone I've ever seen, like build a Kajabi website overnight. I'm like, wow, what are you? This is insane. I'm so proud. Um, and the challenges of, are, have been super real, like very big imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to be the one now teaching this? What makes me an expert? And I just had to work through that. Yeah. So imposter syndrome comes up for a lot of our listeners 
I I get it bouts of it every now and then there's an odd episode where I've talked about resistance especially when you have a gap and I know our listeners will be experiencing that when they're thinking well about their digital businesses their online businesses mm-hmm. and stuff away from the nine to five how do you handle imposter syndrome so I am a huge fan of surrounding myself with people that should be in my corner so um those of us that own our own business probably know the difference between the friend group that does have a corporate job and and works, you know, in different they they get paid by someone else versus the ones that do have their own business. And I surround myself intentionally with those people that are, go through what I go through and I talk about it. I'm so open about uh, what's going on and then I have a placement manager on my team. She's brilliant and she's she's caught on to remind me the impact that I'm having because I don't see it. You know, you just do it day to day. And so she helps me celebrate that. And so that's been really, really helpful. And you can do that for yourself. You know, these are things I should wake up and, okay, I'm grateful for this VA because this happened and I'm grateful I was able to do this and and talk to yourself in, in that way. I think that that's really helpful. That's really, yeah, that's really valuable. I've not thought of that. I was thinking then about celebrating wins. We never celebrate wins, but you're right. It's mm-hmm. also about gr- being grateful right. for it, showing gratitude. So what I always think every week, every Friday, I try and think about what I've achieved that week. Yeah. What have I achieved for somebody else? What have you helped somebody else do? How, No matter how small it is. And I also think there's this element of you don't know what you don't know, but as imposters, we often feel like everybody else knows it all. So if I tell them something, they already know that. When the reality is they don't know that. You're Mm-mm. you're guiding them. That's you as the expert. You take for granted that you have so much more knowledge than the average person in your expert's subject. You just still feel like an imposter because you know that the breadth and depth of your subject is so big. Absolutely. That's a really good point. You know, we we scroll social media and we follow people that are like us and they're if if they're already touting the same messaging or they're already doing it you you think oh well I can't do that or they're already doing it or they're doing it better than me when in reality there's a whole tribe of people that are gravitating towards you for a reason and you can teach them something it's it's yeah you're not you can go far deeper than just your peer level yeah yeah absolutely so obviously um you're US based mm mm-hmm. So are, you, are all your VAs US-based? How does that work? Yes, some in Canada. Um, but as of right now, all of our VAs are US-based. Some are overseas, but they're military. So they're just stationed in places. Um, we do have clients all over though. So it, it works if your time zone is okay. <laughs> and how do, so how do people find out if they can find an, a VA? How would they find out about your services? Yeah. So our placement agency is virtualassistantmanagement.com. And we offer a 15-minute free discovery call for anyone that's interested. We want to make sure it's a right fit. You're ready. You're clear. That's super, super important. I can't echo enough doing that exercise and being clear about what kind of VA you need, what they need to know, um, maybe what time zone they're on, how many hours, what can you can afford. All those things are super important. Uh, and then we walk you through it and uh, do a very customized approach where we really get to know you and what you want out of someone and and we match it with our virtual assistants who we get to know very well because we host a lot of calls and get to know them on a deep level. So our placement uh, placements are very successful. It's it's great that you have people you can recommend and that you feel that level of confidence in them because you've trained them to that yes. level. So you're like, yes, I would trust these people to recommend them to you. Um, 
Here's a side question, and this is something that's come up for me this week, and I have a view on this, so I'm curious what yours is. A lot of our clients are starting to use CRMs, and obviously there is a, a, a wealth of CRMs available. You could choose absolutely anything. And somebody was saying to me, I'm going to get a VA who's got experience in a particular CRM. It was key mm-hmm. about old Infusionsoft. Yeah. And my, I had an opinion on this, and, I, and I'm curious – do you think things like that matter or do you see most VAs as having the skills and adaptability to learn and fun- and work with whatever CRM somebody has chosen? Uh, I, I think if you find the right person, they can learn anything. I really do believe that. You mentioned probably the most challenging CRM on the market that I've touched. Um, so something like that, you might benefit from having an expert, but in general, I, I do I do think that if you find good, great human talent, they can, and they're willing to learn. You know, my biggest skill or trait, I guess, that I look for in a new virtual assistant is their ability to figure it out. That is, if I can extend any knowledge when you're interviewing, figure out a way to get them to prove that to you, um, and and they'll they'll do that because then they can grow with you as you grow, and new software comes out and all of that. Yes. Absolutely. Well, as you said earlier on, you know, the software tools that you train to use have since evolved and, and advanced anyway. So yeah, no, I'm that was exactly my take on this is find somebody who's got the skills to learn it, who who is prepared to delve in. And you're right, keep was a nightmare. And <laughs> I could use expletives, but I was actually <laughs> anyway, rather than uh, do a review on that one, let's move on from that and um let's wrap up with a few quick fire round questions, please, Molly Rose. Yes. The book on your bedstand or on your audio? I have it right here. It's called The Sweet Spot by Christine Carter. It's one of my favorites. I read it every year. It's how to accomplish more and do less. Love it. Well, can you tell me a lesson from that book? Oh, she she's big on routine, which I think is super important. Um, and I think that we're all ones to be able to to uh, write out our entire routine, but how do we actually execute it? Uh, and something that she actually has you do is is not not commit. You're not going to fail if you don't actually hit this morning routine. But for a month, just try different routines each morning and see what lands for you. And then you're able to kind of adjust from there versus, oh, I didn't hit my water goal this morning, or I didn't have my lemon water, or I didn't go on that five-minute walk. Um, integrating any of that at any day is can be very, very helpful. It's a win. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Love that. Okay. And podcasts. What do you like to listen to? I listen to a, a podcast. It's called uh, The Prof G Show. He's a professor out of NYU, and he just talks about high-level marketing. And I love it. He's very, um, I don't know. He's got a straightforward kind of approach and he's very, very smart. And I, I just love his, I listen to it every week. Cool. And do you have um, a song that lifts you up and that you listen to to get motivated when you need to? Oh, let's see. What do I want to say here? I listen to music a lot. Um, don't overthink it. Okay. Well, this is going to sound really off the um My Maria by Brooks and Dunn. It's a country song. I don't know why. It just I love it. It's a really good song that I listen to all the time. 
and like, country. probably break my speakers listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a quote, a saying, or something that you say to yourself that you would like to leave our listeners with to remember you by Molly Rose? You are. I'm going to get this wrong. You are a product or you're equal to the five people that you surround yourself with. It's a Jim Rohn quote that I heard. And I kind of talked about that in the show, how important it is. And I see that really, really play out in my environment. Who I'm with affects my week or who I'm talking with. Yeah. I just want, let's let's just unpick that a little bit more because I think it's very easy to grow up with people, to go to a corporate job, to mix with people from school. And most people are in a job or they are, there's stay-at-home mums around, around me at the moment because I've got young children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you find those peers that are doing the same things as you? Is there? How did you find your peers? I force myself to go to, comp- I don't want to call them conferences, like personal development workshops yeah. um, where there's all different types of people. I follow Jack Canfield's work. He wrote The Success Principles, and I'm big in that in that world and work with a lot of those people. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so I've been lucky enough to, to help host some of those retreats and, and just surround myself with people who, uh, go are in, invested in that type of work. And then they come from all different walks of life, but we have that same one principle or that commonality where it's, we're responsible for our life. This is what we're choosing to do. And then we can all support each other. Um, so I don't want to surround myself with a whole bunch of other virtual assistants. I want to surround myself with different people, but we all understand that defining principle and can talk about that. Love that. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Molly Rose, for joining us on the podcast today. It's been an absolute blast. And I will definitely include the links to your website and your socials in the show notes. So don't forget to check those out, listeners. Thank you so much, Molly Rose. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and I hope everyone has a great productive day and week ahead. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.